1: It's Curious City, where we take
0: your questions
1: about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ.
0: Hey, this is Alex Keefe. I'm WBEZ's politics editor. And as you probably know, at least maybe you should know if we're doing our job here, Chicago is heading into another election season. In February, we'll vote for new citywide officers, including a new mayor, and the city council, which is made up of what Chicagoans call aldermen. So we thought it was a good time to bring you a story back from my reporter days in 2013. I answered the question about what it is that aldermen actually do. I mean, yeah, they pass laws and budgets, but so much of what they do happens outside of city council chambers, attending to the needs of their constituents in surprisingly personal ways. The story mostly holds up, but there are a few updates, which I'll do at the end. The question originally came from Andrea Lee. I
1: would want a little bit more of a window into that black box of aldermanic duties.
0: And here's me fitter and svelter in 2013.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. The meeting will come to order.
0: So what we're listening to is a surreal moment in the city council chambers. This is a hearing that took place last Uh, month. All
1: right, now I understand we have an amended substitute. A
0: legislative hearing Uh, on Mayor Rahm Emanuel's uh, proposed changes to the city's unpopular uh, parking meter privatization. And about an hour into this legislative hearing, the chairman calls on this this old-time Northside alderman. Alderman, uh, Alderman This is Alderman Dick Mel, a self-described dinosaur uh, in the city council. He's been There for 38 years. Uh, First of all. And here is the surreal part. Mel stands up before members of Chicago's legislative branch and he excoriates them for asking too many questions about this parking deal, essentially for acting too much like legislators.
1: Because if anybody thinks that a legislative vote is going to cost you the election, you're going to lose your election. What's going to get you elected? is when your guy comes in and says his next-door neighbor throwing dog poop in his yard, and you go over and solve it. That's what gets you elected,
0: I believe. So I figure Mel might have something to say about Andrea's question. But when I start to ask him afterward, he just tells me to grab Testing. my recorder Testing. and follow him.
1: We're going to my office, and I want to show you something.
0: We walk down a long hallway through some double doors, and when we get to his office, he picks up this letter that's on his desk, and he just starts reading.
1: Office. It says, Dear Alderman, I want to thank you for the help you gave me when I came to see you in your city hall office on May 8th, when the city was about to cut down a maple tree on my parkway because of a water leak.
0: It's a letter from a woman in his ward who was trying to save this maple tree. The woman was snubbed by the city, but then she calls her alderman, Alderman Mel, and he calls up the head of the water department and boom, he saves the maple tree. Hence the thank you letter.
1: That you took the time out of your busy schedule to listen to my problem. You're a great, well, forgot about the great alderman. no, no, you got to read that last part. You are a great alderman and and a really nice guy, okay?
0: And Mel says the point of all of this, of his floor speech, of reading this letter out loud, is that what makes a great alderman isn't great legislating, but helping regular Chicagoans solve their regular problems.
1: And if anybody thinks an alderman is getting paid to be a legislator, then we should pay the city back the money that we're getting paid.
0: In fact, aldermen do have legislative responsibilities that are written in state law. But to fully answer Andrea's question about aldermanic power, you have to look to history and tradition, the stuff that's not written down, that makes Chicago's system of city government unique.
2: I often liken the city of Chicago to a feudal system.
0: Alderman Joe Moore has been in the city council for more than two decades, and Chicago's democracy, as he describes it, sounds undemocratic.
2: The mayor is sort of the de facto king, and each alderman is the lord, or I guess lady, for a female alderman, of their individual fiefdoms.
0: But here are aldermen's legislative duties. They have to pass budgets, they approve mayoral appointments, they redraw political boundaries after the census. In fact, nearly 29,000 measures have been introduced to the city council since Mayor Rahm Emanuel took office two years ago. So what are aldermen voting on? Uh,
2: well, we have a loading, standing, and tow zone Uh, We have a senior citizen sewer refund.
0: Moore is reading from Uh, some of his most uh, recent proposals, uh, and uh, as uh, you could tell, they are not uh, sexy. No privatization deals. No Uh, tax increases.
2: uh, And then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, handicapped parking permits. But these
0: mundane ordinances that require city council approval, they make up at least ninety-three percent of the legislation that enters the council. The second big aldermanic power Moore points to is zoning basically deciding how buildings and property in the city are used. And in Chicago, aldermen have an extraordinary authority here known as aldermanic privilege that basically gives them de facto veto power over building projects in their wards. But when they're not busy with this kind of legislation, Moore says aldermen spend time on what he calls simply ward issues.
2: One day, uh, a young woman came to my office seeking assistance with uh, uh, reading her home pregnancy test kit.
0: Moore says this was one of the weirder constituent service requests he's ever received. But then he makes it even weirder.
2: I assigned one of my uh female staff assistants
0: to uh help her conduct the test. So, so you had the staffer help her do the it's peeing on a stick is what we're talking about, right? Well, um I'll let you... <laughs>
2: It's what makes Chicago's system of government unique.
0: But not everybody in city council likes this dependence on aldermen. Who would have ever thought as as alderman that I would be thinking about pigeon poop? This is freshman Northside Alderman James Kappelman. And the pigeon poop, it became Kappelman's problem when it weighed down the roof of a vacant building in his ward. Now, Kappelman says it is his job to help constituents by growing small businesses or pointing out problems to the police. But he says Chicago's culture of of going to your alderman for, well, everything, is not efficient.
2: We've just taught residents that the way to get a problem addressed is to go to their alderman. That needs to change. That's the broken system.
0: But the system was designed with this kind of stuff in mind, says Dick Simpson, a political scientist at the University of Illinois at Chicago and himself a former alderman. Well, the big problem with um, aldermen in the city of Chicago is they don't uh, legislate very well. Simpson says aldermen simply don't have the staff to vet complicated legislation, like the original parking meter privatization deal. Most aldermen don't really pay attention to the laws. They'll look at whatever comes across their desk, ask what the mayor wants, vote yes. Simpson says it all gets back to that idea of Chicago feudalism, that during the heyday of political patronage, aldermen let the mayor set the citywide agenda. And in turn, they doled out favors in the wards in hopes of pulling in votes on Election Day. So now Simpson says Chicagoans depend upon aldermen. Yes, they can uh, call or Uh, email their complaint into 311, and somebody in the city will take a note. But they may not be able to figure out the maple tree problem. That may be uh, beyond them. And that's how Andrea Lee's question about Chicago Aldermanic Authority can lead us to a quiet North Side neighborhood on a bright Saturday morning. I watch the squirrels chase up and down all day, and, and they come to that little tree right there. This is Janice Abelman. The woman who wrote the thank you letter from the beginning of our story. The woman who now talks to me in the front yard of her bungalow in the cool shade of her maple tree. All thanks to Alderman Dick Mel.
2: It ain't
1: much, but, you know, it's, it's all I got. And I, I didn't want to lose it. I don't want
0: to lose any part of it. As for the question of whether aldermen should be legislators or tree huggers? I would have said they should do both. I mean, they are the city council. They do make... Ordinances and they do run things here, and, and they should, but I think there should also be the guys we go to. Abelman says when it comes to her little maple tree, she didn't expect city government to work the way it did, but she says it worked exactly how it was supposed to. Alex Keefe, WBEZ. A few quick updates. Alderman Dick Mell retired in 2013. His daughter, Deb Mell, became the 33rd Ward Alderman. She is running for re-election in February. So are Alderman Kappelman and more. Support for Curious City comes from the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Alex Keefe. Next time on Curious City... Candidates for aldermen in Chicago have to get hundreds of signatures just to get on the ballot. And sometimes one candidate challenges the legitimacy of another candidate's signatures. It gets fierce.
1: You better come prepared for a real
0: fight. This is a blood sport in Chicago. Critics point out some candidates can't afford the legal fees for that blood sport. And my attorney turned to me and he said, we can keep fighting. It won't be a cheap fight. Chicago's arcane ballot petition process. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City.
2: Before we start the show...